Assalamu alaikum. Uh, welcome to the Muslim Bitcoiner podcast. Today we have a special guest. We are interviewing uh, Farooq Ahmed, who is uh, runs a web design agency based out of Pakistan. And uh, he's also has started the Bitcoin Pakistan community back in 2017 to educate Pakistanis about Bitcoin and to spread awareness about Bitcoin as well. Farooq Ahmed, welcome to the show. Thank you, Abdullah. Thank yeah. you. Thank, thanks for having me. Uh, so I, I guess just to start out, could you tell me about how when, when you first heard about Bitcoin or how did you uh, start to learn about Bitcoin and maybe talk a little bit about your journey? Yeah, sure. You know, it all like uh, it all started, uh, you know, back in uh, back in the day when I was in the university, uh, like in 2010, man, when I started, you know, uh, doing uh, the freelancing work. Uh, I was, you know, studying computer sciences. And then, you know, I got into the, you know, websites and uh, internet and started, you know, providing uh, different kind of services. And uh, we, we had, you know, uh, I was in Pakistan and we had like a problem with receiving money. And, uh, you know, PayPal uh, didn't work in Pakistan and it still doesn't work, you know, uh, yet in Pakistan. So, you know, uh, I started uh, learning more about, you know, how to receive money. There were very few ways and banking uh, never was kind of a little slow uh, in terms of, you know, uh, receiving money in Pakistan. So uh, when I searched, you know, uh, it was like really frustrating. I tried to make PayPal account, you know, another account to uh, to have that, you know, uh, the money chain ready to provide in order to provide my services. So. At that, you know, when I was searching, you know, so that was a problem and uh, it was uh, like, you know, really bad. And then, you know, we had uh, after a couple of semesters, we had a project coming in, like, you know, we had to build something. So I was thinking like, you know, maybe we should build a system, you know, uh, for Pakistan, you know, where freelancers can receive uh, money easily, you know, from, from other countries from abroad. We, we got, you know, a couple other, uh, you know, my friends got involved, you know, with me and we started, you know, researching about it, you know, how we can solve that problem. But, you know, uh, we couldn't solve it, you know, but uh, it was still in my head. And later on, you know, a couple of years later, I graduated from the university and I, I had no idea, you know, what Bitcoin was or, you know, what Bitcoin is because I didn't know about it. After like, you know, a few years after graduation, like in 2016, somehow, you know, I got introduced with Bitcoin. Uh, you know, uh, some friends who were sitting and, uh, you know, uh, we were having a conversation and they said, hey, check this out, you know, a Bitcoin. It's also a, a monetary system where you can, you know, uh, receive money, you know, in Pakistan easily. It's not like, you know, uh, in banking jurisdictions and, you know, uh, stuff like that. So, you know, I got home at that night and I started learning about it. You know, I went to the Internet and Googled it, you know, what Bitcoin is, you know. Uh, you know, uh, got a lot of different, you know, uh, perspectives, you know, it's a, it's a coin, it's a digital money, you know, I had two ideas. So, so I got, you know, uh, studying about it. And then, you know, when I read the white paper, because, you know, I'm a computer, I, computer scientist and I, you know, I was technically sound. So, you know, it blew my mind, right? Really, like, wow, man, you know, we were, you know, trying to solve a problem like five years ago. And we were thinking about building a system, you know, where, you know, uh, countries like Pakistan you know, and people, freelancers, you know, they were providing services from here. 
can receive and send money, you know, very easily. So I was like, you know, that man, Toshi Nakamoto, solved the problem in 2009 or 10. And, uh, you know, we didn't know about it. You know, uh, what the hell, you know, <laughs> like it was, it was really like a kind of a game changer. And, you know, it was uh, amazing. And, you know, I, and then, you know, I started learning more about it. You know, uh, I remember that six to eight months, you know, I was like, you know, really studying about it, everything I can find, you know, I got uh, uh, the talks of, you know, Andrew Santanopoulos on YouTube. I listened to that very carefully, you know, it was a key step, you know, uh, you know, in getting me understand about Bitcoin. So uh, that's how I started it. And then, you know, uh, obviously, I, you know, I somehow, uh, I tried to find it, like, how can I buy something? I had to see it, like, you know, how it works. So uh, I tried to, you know, uh, went on a, a couple, you know, uh, groups on Facebook and, you know, other communities where, you know, wherever I can find some people who are using it, I can buy it from. Uh, and then, you know, I found a group on Facebook. It was like a money exchange group. And then, you know, I got introduced with a guy and, you know, I, he sent me Bitcoin, I sent him money and I saw that, wow, it works. You know, that's how it all, all started. How, how, how did your colleagues, uh, you know, when, when you discovered Bitcoin and you started looking into it as kind of a kind, kind of a way to like accept payments, how, how did your colleagues view Bitcoin initially? Were they like very skeptical? Did they not like the idea? Well, yeah, you know, it was like, you know, uh, most of my friends was not like, you know, uh, who were, you know, uh, working with me in freelance, right? You know, we were making websites and, you know, blogs and, you know, we had AdSense accounts and stuff like that. Uh, my friends, they were not like, you know, a computer scientists. They were like some of them, you know, studying mechanical engineering, electrical engineering. And, you know, uh, they didn't have the, you know, the, the core, uh, you know, understanding of it, but, you know, they they thought like it's a, it's kind of a, like a scam or something like that you know mm. it, it didn't really hit them but you know uh, when I searched it like you know I, I read the white paper and I I, I found out like hey man it's it's a problem solver mm. like it's it's the future of money and you know it's it's everything like you know uh, we have like a lot of problems you know in terms of uh, banking you know I, ha- I I didn't have that you know have a banking account. A bank account in you know uh, when I was in university, so you know mm-hmm. I was like you know out of banking system, so I had to find other ways to receive money. So it was like you know most of the people I you know uh, I spoke to my friends, my colleagues, and everything. They they you know uh, thought no, hey man, we we're not gonna you know get into that stuff. You know it's 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 very scary and stuff. And they still are like you know eighty percent of my like friends you know <laughs> they still don't get it. You know it's twenty twenty two. Yeah, I, I've also encountered that issue. And I have to say, you know, I was one of those people that was kind of like very skeptical of it. As, as I mentioned, you know, when I first got into it, my older brother told me about it since like 2014 and has been trying really hard to like orange pill me. And it wasn't until like 2018 or 2019 until I started to kind of like open up to that idea. So it does take some time and each person is kind of going on their own journey and everyone will get in at the price that they deserve. Like, I don't think like, you know, it's a kind of, like Abdullah, you also have like a, a engineering background, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't think like if if the previous like background uh, makes an impact, like if you are a computer scientist, you understand the the digital aspects of things. Uh, maybe it's easier for those people to understand it. And then you know uh, when it comes to the 
other like people who are not involved into like computer, you know, things and internet, those kind of things, they have like a, a little bit of trouble understanding it. Maybe they need some, a little more time to understand it. For sure. And, in, you know, it's not even just like so much the computer uh, science aspect of it. I mean, you kind of have to like understand economics. You have to understand like some game theory. You have to um, like mm -hmm. there's like, there's there's politics involved in it in it as well. It's, there's there's a lot. In, and also like understanding how money works as well. You know, si since since you've kind of uh, started down your Bitcoin journey, what uh, have, have there been any changes that you've made into your life or into your work uh, ab about like how you incorporated Bitcoin into your life? Yeah, definitely. You know, it like it changes, it changed the whole, you know, whole perspective, you know, of, of my mindset, how I was thinking, like, you know, um, before Bitcoin, you know, I was like a, a kid, you know, working to, to find ways to, you know, start my business, you know, uh, in the world, you know, how I can, you know, provide services to other people in different countries. When I discovered, you know, Bitcoin, I studied it, it didn't change the, you know, uh, it didn't solve the uh, money problem, but, you know, in everything, like it changes the perspective, you know, how I was thinking, how well I was perceiving, you know, what money is. And then, you know, it, it, it changed the lifestyle, you know, how uh, I treat myself, you know, how I treat with other people you know, with the society and, you know, with the cultures and, you know, and then, you know, it also changes uh, the, the perspective of, you know, uh, your, uh, I would say, you know, healthcare, you know, I, I tend to, I tend to, you know, uh, take care of like, uh, be conscious of you know, how, what I am eating and stuff, you know, you know, a lot of people, you know, Bitcoiners says that, you know, steak, you know, meat and good health, you know, take care of exercising and that kind of stuff. It you know opened my mind to uh, to understand how the world works. Bitcoin gave that opportunity to me. You know nothing else. Like you know, I was a graduate student and I I I I know nothing about the world. Right? I didn't know you know what politics is. You know um, what you know how to uh, you know travel to other countries. What are you know the systems? You know what are the restrictions? You know and everything. So Bitcoin gave the opportunity to study all that, the macroeconomics, the aspect of it, and then, you know, uh, global politics, you know, how the, you know, these uh, powerful nations are controlling the, you know, the, the developing countries, those kind of things. It really hit me, you know, when, you know, I got the understanding of Bitcoin. So I thought, hey, like, it was all about the money. Right. It was all about the money. Yeah. You, you know, whenever you kind of like look at any problems that kind of that are going on in, in the world, especially at a macro perspective, you kind of always can trace it back to like, all right, where's the money coming from? And then, you know, you realize mm -hmm. that always there's like a certain group of people that were not elected that control the money supply and they can just, you know, print as much money as they want. And that completely distorts like the economy. It distorts production and misallocates capital. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it just seems like that's such a big problem. You know, I, I don't want to say that that is like the, the where, where all the problems come from. But like, if you're going to fix any problem, especially like, you know, someone like myself, who's concerned a lot about like the Muslim Ummah, you know, you're not going to mm -hmm. be able to fix anything about the Muslim Ummah unless you actually address this problem first. So, and, you know, there's definitely like some other aspects, at least like in my life that I've changed, you know, it's, 
it, it's lowered my time preference. I've, I've been living more frugally and I've been saving more. I've been thinking more about the future. I spend more time with my children. I, mm -hmm. I, I take my work more seriously. It's, it's kind of weird how that kind of permeates into your life and forces you to like, it changes your behavior and your thoughts as well. When we like, you know, uh, like you brought the, the subject of like uh, the Muslims, how, how they perceive, you know, I, I, I don't think like, you know, uh, most of the Muslims understand the money subject. You know, uh, it's like, uh, you know, uh, when you don't understand the money, you don't, you don't understand, you know, most of the things. Yeah, you know, that's, that's definitely very interesting, because like, I, I feel like a lot of Muslims would be able to benefit from understanding, uh, just like how how money works. And uh, you also see like the scholars don't really understand how the money works, you know, even exactly. especially those scholars that are specialized in finance, sometimes don't even understand how like, fractional reserve banking works. To me, that's been very yeah. worrying. <laughs> So when, when, when you're trying to spread Bitcoin awareness and, and trying to promote a Bitcoin standard in Pakistan, have you noticed, like, as, as far as the, the people that are, that are already interested in Bitcoin, are, are they more into, like, crypto, would you say, or are they, like, more Bitcoin maximalists, or is, like, Bitcoin maximalism not even an idea among Pakistanis? You know, you always, uh, you know, normal, when we talk about normal people, you know, when we tell them, hey, uh, this is, you know, a better money, right? You know, forget Bitcoin, you know, like, you know, this is a better money, you know, you can use it, you know, and you can upgrade your lifestyle. Uh, you know, the, the normal human instinct, instinct is, they would think about uh, how I can benefit from it. So I can just use it. So when they, they study uh, a little bit about it, yeah, the price has gone uh, very up, you know, during the couple of few years. And uh, let's find out, you know, someone's tell them, hey, this is, a, this is the next big coin, right? Uh, and, th and this uh, coin's price is going to up, you know, uh, same as Bitcoin in the next few years. So a normal human being would, you know, think, uh, yeah, this is the opportunity that I, I should get in, you know, because they don't have knowledge, they don't understand the, you know, the whole uh, the game of it. So, uh, you know. Uh, just like that, you know, uh, a lot of Pakistanis, because of the, you know, they don't have uh, the understanding of Bitcoin when, you know, we try to like, you know, for the new base, you know, when we tell them, hey, this is Bitcoin and uh, it's a better money. And, you know, they, they would, you know, after some time, they would, you know, they would study about it. And then, you know, they would go to the shitcoin or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, they would go to the other opportunities. They would, you know, try to find the opportunity that can, you know, uh, they can benefit, you know, in terms of uh, like uh, financial terms, you know, they can uh, make some profits and stuff like that. So that is why, like, you know, uh, in wherever we see in developing countries, like, you know, uh, we, uh, you know, we have uh, knowledge gap, right? Mm -hmm. uh, less resources, for example, you know, Pakistan, India, you know, uh, countries in Africa, you would see there is, you know, uh, the, the high scam rate, high fraud rate in terms of, you know, uh, when we talk about crypto uh, and, and, you know, Bitcoin and we compare it. Yeah. In Pakistan, the situation is same, you know, uh, most people would, you know, uh, choose the, the crypto and they would test themselves out, you know, by buying some stuff and then they would get wrecked. They will mm -hmm. get, you know, they would lose their money and then they will come back and they would study, hey, uh, if I had put my money in Bitcoin and, and I didn't put in Ethereum or other, you know, shit coins, mm -hmm. uh, I, I could have, you know, uh, saved my money, you know, I saved myself. So that's how, you know, it is. And, you know, myself being in the U.S. as I'm trying to orange pill, you know, 
some some local Muslims here. You know, even even the Muslims that are already familiar with Bitcoin, you know, they're they're automatically already involved in, you know, Ethereum and all these other shit coins. And I feel like that's also been my struggle is to try to, like, separate out Bitcoin from crypto. And that's that's also been a uh, been, been a challenge for me as well. So that's yeah. really no, I, no I surprise that, that you're, you're also struggling with that. Yeah, I don't think it's it's going to go away, you know, uh, uh, you know. Uh, in a short period of time, like, you know, everyone would be a Bitcoiner and, you know, there would be no shitcoin, but, you know, that's how the markets work, you know. Uh, I think uh, shitcoinery and, you know, crypto is here. Uh, it's a, I, I, I tell, you know, people uh, normally it's a kind of, uh, you know, a gateway drug. Crypto is a gateway drug to, to Bitcoin and Bitcoin maximalism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I will say that... Uh, Fortunately for me, I've had my older brother who was already a maximalist. So like I, I didn't really go through kind of like a shitcoin phase. So I'm very, I'm very grateful for that. <laughs> yeah, your brother saved um, you. <laughs> um, so what, what's, what's been the attitude of the Pakistani government in relation to Bitcoin? Have they been like, have, have they like banned it or are they discouraging it? Are, they, are there even any legal Bitcoin exchanges in Pakistan? Yeah, you know, uh, like, like most of the, most of the governments around the world, you know, uh, Pakistani government doesn't understand Bitcoin and crypto. They don't have any knowledge, and, you know, they don't have any understanding about it. Like, you know, governments always trying to do something, you know, whatever they can. Like back in uh, 2017, I remember, you know, when we had the bull run and, you know, Bitcoin price went from like uh, $1,600 to, you know, 19000 at that time in Pakistan, you know, everyone like, you know, every other person, you know, you would see uh, they have somehow heard about it, mm. Bitcoin. They, they, they couldn't buy it or, you know, they got involved in financially, but they have heard it. Hey, uh, Bitcoin is something, you know. At that time, like, uh, you know, a lot of other projects came in, like uh, scammy people, you know, started these shady projects in Pakistan because, you know, people didn't understand it. Uh, I remember that some guys, you know, from, uh, I think, UK nationals, Pakistani UK nationals, uh, they started some, you know, uh, some scam projects in Pakistan and they, you know, uh, hired teams and, you know, resources to market it. And uh, they got huge. And, you know, a lot of people bought that scams, you know, those coins, I don't even remember the names yet, you know, one coin, you know, and other, you know, uh, names when it, you know, it comes to my mind. A lot of people bought that, you know, and then uh, after some time, you know, it was because it was an MLM scheme, uh, you know, they got, you know, got away with the, taking the people's money. And then, you know, people uh, started complaining about, you know, uh, crypto and Bitcoin, you know, to the government, you know, uh, and then, you know, government uh, wanted to do something. Uh, what government did, you know, government asked the State Bank of Pakistan to, to take some action. So State Bank of Pakistan uh, in April 2017, if I am correct, uh, they, they uh, you know, uh, published a paper and they said uh, to the banks in Pakistan, they, you know, said uh, you can uh, do the transactions for, uh, you know, for Bitcoin. Like, you know, if someone is buying or selling Bitcoin, you should ban their accounts or something like that, you know, find that out. So that kind of thing. So it, it you know, uh, prevented some people uh, from, you know, uh, getting involved later down the road. It, uh, it, it gave the impression to, to people's mind that Bitcoin is some kind of uh, a scam tool, right? Mm-hmm. Because, uh, you know, when 
people get scammed and everything, you know, uh, the blame gets on to the big one. So that's how, you know, it works. Uh, after, you know, some time, you know, people then again, you know, it was a bear market. People, you know, you know, kept buying and selling Bitcoin. You know, it was uh, done in the private uh, social media groups. Yeah, you know, that's that's how how it worked. That's 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 quite un unfortunate, and you definitely see that in like uh, other countries as well, where the government like actively orders the banks to you know not process any transactions that are involved in Bitcoin or whatever. And it's no surprise that um, you 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 also see that in other Muslim countries as well. Um, do, do, do you know if any of the scholars in Pakistan have issued any fatwa against Bitcoin or what, what are their general attitudes among the scholars in Pakistan toward Bitcoin? Yeah, most of the like, you know, uh, there are no like religious scholars. They haven't, you know, published anything yet, but they gave the directions and hints to the to the common people that, you know, it's uh, like uh, it's a it's a speculative market and you should like you know the general aspect you know the thinking is like they want to protect people like they would say like you know uh just just avoid that you know for the for the sake of people like you know because a lot of people get 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 scammed because of you know trading and other kind of things that we you know uh we we say to people that you shouldn't do it right we we tell people to you shouldn't like uh you know uh, speculate on on the bitcoin price or you shouldn't trade it you know leverage trading and future trading and stuff like that but you know when it comes to the 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 scholars point of view they you know think about all those things and they think uh bitcoin is being traded uh is the is the main application of bitcoin so that is why you know uh, their understanding is a little bit you know uh, confused yet but i think later down the road uh, they are going to understand it and uh, they are they are going to take it more seriously and positively. Do you think in, in Pakistan in particular, do you think like hyper Bitcoinization, I mean, do you even see hyper Bitcoinization happening in Pakistan? And if it does, do you see it happening from the, the scholars and governments first or do you see it happening from like the common citizen first? Yeah, you know, uh, in Pakistan, you know, it's a developing country and, you know, we have like more than 30% inflation a year. So, you know, a common man, you know, who understands money, like who understand, uh, who has the ex dollar exposure or, you know, uh, other access to other, you know, foreign currencies, they try to protect themselves, you know, uh, buying, you know, for example, dollars in Pakistan. Uh, they try to, you know, uh, keep less Pakistani rupees and, you know, more of the dollars. So uh, common people, uh, they always want to protect themselves. But, you know, when it comes to the how it is, you know, perceived as, as a money and, you know, how, you, you know, uh, Bitcoin, hyper Bitcoinization, you know, it's not like, you know, there's a huge gap in understanding in Pakistan yet. Mm -hmm. So I think it's going to take a long, long time uh, for the hyper Bitcoinization to come in Pakistan because, you know, the first step for Pakistan is, is to, to escape from their, you know, local currency to a better money. And then, you know, the, 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 the next step, the Pakistanis, they see is the dollar. Mm -hmm. You know, when they have the dollar exposure, for example, business businessman, you know, uh, and whoever who have, you know, uh, understanding of the money, they would get to the dollar. They would, you know, uh, get as many dollars as they can and save it in dollars. And then, you know, they understand the dollars and then, you know, they got uh, understand understanding of Bitcoin. They will go to the Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. You know, Bitcoin is the, you know, the second step for them. 
So I think it, it, gonna, it, it is going to take, uh, I think, uh, longer than the developing, de developed nations. Like, for example, you know, when we talk about the United States and Europe, uh, where people, you know, they already have the, you know, a better free money, right? The mm -hmm. dollars and euros and yen uh, they are using, and they just need to to plug into the Bitcoin network, and, and, and you know, it's it's a single step. So for the developing countries, they need to escape from the fiat, uh, their local fiat currency to the better fiat currency, and then into the Bitcoin, and then uh, Bitcoin hyper Bitcoinization comes. So uh, it would take, I think, uh, a little bit longer than the developing nation if we compare it. Yeah, that's that, that's an interesting perspective because you know it's it's kind of sad because like people living in third world countries or you know people I should say people not living in the first world need Bitcoin more than people living in the first world. So it's like um, I tend to agree with you. I think you know obviously there's going to be a lot more Bitcoin adoption in like Western countries, and then you know I I, I kind of have this pessimistic view that like I think Muslim majority countries are going to be one of the last countries to like adopt Bitcoin. Just because we have so many obstacles from governments, from scholars, and from people not wanting to understand Bitcoin, but yeah, it's that's that's an interesting perspective, and it's it, it does seem kind of hopeless. Yeah, you know, like uh, when it comes to the understanding, like like you know, Muslims, they they tend to you know rely on the on the religious aspects of it, and then you know uh, they will listen to the scholars, and you know, hey, if it's halal or haram. Uh, those kind of things, and uh, you know, those things I think prevent them. If we compare, uh, prevent them, you know, from from adopting it. When we compare it to the other people, you know, for example, developed developed nations where people uh, don't have such restrictions, they uh, do their own research, you know, and they are, you know, uh, technically sound about it, you know, about their money and you know their lifestyle and everything. Uh, when they study it, they find out uh, uh, it's a it's a better money. They, they would just, you know, go for it. So they, there is no hurdle for them. But, you know, for Muslims, it's kind of, uh, you know, because Muslims are more conservative, you know, they have to think about a lot of things. So uh, I think in, you know, when we uh, talk about the religious aspect, if, you know, the scholars uh, said they understand it first and they, you know, uh, said it, hey, it's halal money, you know, it's better than fiat. I think it, it would it would be a revolution tomorrow morning in Muslim world. Yeah, I think that's that's kind of like been my approach, at least is, you know, when I'm when I, I've, I've been kind of using a different approach lately where when I'm talking to Muslims, I like to talk about the problem of fiat and specifically riba or interest or uh, usury. And, you know, you, you kind of get the Muslim to think about like fiat and usury and, you know, kind of get them to think like, all right, how is fiat created? Well, it's created through usury. And you kind of get them to start thinking of like, oh, you know, every dollar that's created is created through usury. So there's no way like this money that we're currently using is, is halal, like by that standard. And I think like once you kind of get them going in that direction, then you, you I, I feel like it's easier to kind of introduce the concept of Bitcoin, where you can be like, well, you see how corrupt this fiat system is. Here's this other uh, system where there's a hard supply cap there's no riba or usury involved in the source code. And, you know, it's, it's, it's the most Islamic form of money. And then like, I start sending them like, you know, material for like, you know, Harris, our fans podcast with Saif Dean is a very popular one. And um, mm -hmm. that's, that's kind of been, been the approach. And I, I wonder if that's also an effective approach to use with scholars as well as to kind of uh, 
kind of advise them or uh, tell them about the dangers of fiat, I think might be a better approach. Yeah, you know, like uh, like most of the Muslims, you know, uh, they don't understand that fiat is, you know, I would say I would go for it. You know, I would say that fiat is haram money, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like you know, hundred percent of fiat that exists today is based on riba. It's based on credit, you know, and based on ashwari, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's it, it can't be halal, you know. We had gold for like thousands of years, and you know, uh, in Islam, you know, it was the best currency to, mm-hmm. to use, right? At that time, you know, uh, thousands of years ago, you know, when, uh, you know, Islam came and, you know, it said that, you know, uh, the gold is the perfect form of money that should use, you know, every Muslim should, you know, uh, protect their wealth in and, uh, you know, uh, use as money. It was like hard gold, right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, if we compare it to today, you know, I don't know the exact, exact number, but, you know, most of the gold quantity is index-based. Mm-hmm. And it's not hard gold, right? You can't right. have that. So, you know, and, and, and the index space is, you know, it's controlled by some few entities and, you know, it's been traded, it's been speculated and, you know, anything that you can imagine, uh, it, it, it is done on, on that. Right? It's the same as fiat currency. So gold is not like, you know, we can't say that, you know, today's gold, gold is, you know, halal, right? Mm-hmm. So that, that, that is the same, uh, another form of fiat. So when we, you know, uh, Compare it to the Bitcoin, you know, it's a, it's a hard, it, it has a hard cap, right? You know, only 21 million Bitcoin, uh, you know, ever exists. And uh, if you want some, you know, you want, you know that you want a portion of, you know, of a 21 million, right? right. And it, it is not controlled by anyone. It's, it's a free uh, market. And, you know, the, the value of your Bitcoin that you own is, you know, you, you decide, you know, what is it, it, its value is, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's simple supply and demand economics, right? So people don't understand that. People, you know, go to the to the website, uh, point market cap, and they would say, that what, what is the price of one Bitcoin? You know, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't like, you know, the Bitcoin that I have, I don't, you know, value them from the, from the spot price, right? Right, right. It is valued, you're like, yeah, you know, I, if I want to use it, you know, for services I can get, you know, I can, I can you know, uh, use it, you know, uh, I can send it directly Bitcoin, you know, uh, in the future. But, you know, we, we still have to, you know, uh, do a lot of stuff to go there. But, you know, uh, the point is, uh, Bitcoin is more halal money than fiat in terms, you know, in terms of religious perspective, right? So yeah. that's my understanding of it. Yeah. And and you brought up a very good point about gold. I mean, like, you know, if you're transacting with gold, you know, where I pass it to you hand to hand, you know, you could argue that like, okay, like that, that's like, you know, a halal transaction, you're actually using gold correctly. But like you said, you know, most gold transactions are just like credit based. They're, they're really no different than fiat from that aspect, even though there might be something backing it, but like, there's all of these credit derivatives that are built on top of gold. So and, you know, when explaining, when explaining the value of Bitcoin, I really do like to use gold as kind of like a, like a stepping stone to understanding Bitcoin, because like, you know, there's nothing really like Bitcoin out there. You have to kind of like describe this new thing that's, this, that's been uh, in, invented that, you know, humanity has never, uh, has, has never come across before. So especially when I'm trying to explain it to Muslims, I, I like to bring up gold and I like to bring up the, the properties of gold. And that kind of gets them to start thinking of like, oh, okay, like, Bitcoin actually has value because, you know, one of the one of the biggest misconceptions 
among Muslims I've noticed, especially among scholars, is that they'll say like, mm -hmm. oh, Bitcoin has no intrinsic value. And then like, it's, that's just so hard to unpack. But I found that like talking about gold kind of helps unpack that a little bit. Yeah. And apart from that, you know, when we talk about gold, you know, it's really hard for like, you know, it can't be used as money today, right? It's so hard for common people, you know, if you, if you are handing over, you know, some gold piece to me and, you know, you want to use it for money, you know, how would I, uh, you know, be able to verify if, if, if it's gold, right? Mm -hmm. So it's hard to, you know, uh, verify the, 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 you know, uh, if it's gold and it's also, you know, uh, today, uh, like, you know, we don't, uh, we don't know how much the total supply of gold exists today, right? right. So that's also uh, the problem. And, and, you know, uh, we don't know how much gold would be mined uh, in the next 10 years. Yeah. Um, so I, I just want to uh, shift uh, the topic a little bit. And uh, I guess maybe I, I want to learn more about your uh, Bitcoin Pakistan community. Um, are, there, are there any like uh, events that you guys do? Do you guys like advise businesses? What, 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 what kind of what kind of stuff are you guys doing? So we started with, you know, uh, doing our, you know, uh, meetups in Pakistan, you know, back in 2017. But, you know, after after Corona had, you know, we, we stopped the, the meetups. And then, you know, we've been doing some, you know, on Twitter spaces and, you know, uh, and other, you know, uh, online regular meetups. But, uh, you know, we are now planning to uh, educate, you know, uh, publish some, you know, write some stuff about Bitcoin for the for the businesses in Pakistan. And we also tend to, you know, uh, write some stuff to, to advise, you know, have some positive advice to spread in the regulatory environment in Pakistan for the officials to, you know, get some idea of the, of the uh, you know, to get some understanding of Bitcoin, how, what it is and, you know, how it can benefit the, the system that we have. Uh, we haven't been, you know, uh, actively shilling it to the businesses in Pakistan yet, but we plan to do that down the road. But, you know, our main focus is to, you know, uh, to educate to everyday people, you know, Pakistanis who, who should benefit, you know, who can benefit from Bitcoin posted, right? So uh, those are the people uh, we speak with, you know, Pakistanis are, you know, mostly who are freelancers, you know, who have some kind of a, like, a, you know, a problem with uh, with uh, with the sending and receiving money from uh, from other countries, like you know, they're providing services uh, to other countries, you know, and they are working like freelancers and you know those kind of people. Uh, so we also tell them, hey, you can uh, easily uh, use Bitcoin to to solve that problem as well. So uh, and recently we started uh, translating some Bitcoin resources uh, in Urdu to to have you know uh, to get the 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 people the community in Pakistan who doesn't you know speak English and they don't mm -hmm. read English you know uh, so we published our first translation of the the bullish case for Bitcoin by Vijay Boyapati mm -hmm. uh, yeah a couple uh, you know I, I think a week ago we published that and it's a it's a beautiful you know article to 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 get on board uh, to get the you know the first uh, understanding of Bitcoin and you know I compare it to gold and fiat and uh, you know. Uh, other aspects so uh, we and, and now we are we are planning to we're doing actually actually you know uh, translating other uh, books as well so you know in a, in a few weeks we'll be publishing more uh, stuff in Urdu as well that's that's awesome uh yeah you know that's that that's something I kind of want to get myself involved in inshallah and you know I'll, I'll probably be uh, contacting you about some ideas about that is you know I I've, at least in the U.S. um you know there, there aren't 
there isn't any like uh, Muslim organization that's like trying to advocate for, for Bitcoin from like an Islamic perspective. And, you know, it just seems like any kind of like pod, like Islamic finance podcast or videos or YouTube videos where like they're, they're talking about Bitcoin. There's so much like crypto and shitcoin and Web3 noise that gets like lumped into that. There's no like Bitcoin only from a Muslim perspective. And I feel like that's sorely needed. And, you know, I think I think, uh, you know, you, you've, you've, you've also hit like a really important point about the education. That's where it starts is the education, because, you know, if you don't have material, if you don't have like a knowledge base to like go from, then you, you're not going to be successful. You're just going to be like advising people and telling them different things. Like so the first thing like I think that's needed is like a knowledge base. And then uh, from there, then you can like start to advise like not just scholars, but also like businesses, also nonprofits or, or organizations, like in the regular average everyday Muslim, like all of these demographics need, I think they need Bitcoin. And, you know, the, 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 the education is really the hardest part. Exactly. You know, I, I really like that idea. And, and, you know, I appreciate the work that you are doing, right, uh, in terms of like, uh, you know, educating, especially, you know, focusing on the Muslim community, you know, how, because, you know, we like we have like very few names and people, you know, who are involved in you know, like hardcore Bitcoiners and Muslims. And they, you know, uh, hit the points of like, you know, for the for the common Muslim people to understand Bitcoin. And, and they do it well, but, you know, we need more resources, more educational material for everyday Muslims to understand it because Muslims have, have, you know, have a lot of questions. You know, when we sit with a regular Muslim and we try to, you know, uh, tell them money problems, you know, uh, we, we try to share, you know, with how Bitcoin works. They would have a lot of a lot of you know questions you know that would even you would need to research you know uh, if you, if you are Muslim too you know you would need to research about it like you know they would ask for you uh, in terms of you know uh, like uh, hadith and you know uh, other perspectives you know how they can they can settle their mind on on it you know and how they can get their peace uh, and accept that you know uh, Bitcoin is better money or something you know so yeah. we need a lot of yes, education. Uh, to get to that point, and I, I, I appreciate the work that you are doing, and you know you want to do it in the future. Thank you. Yeah, and I, I plan, I plan to continue doing that. You know, as as a Muslim myself, I like approaching Bitcoin from the Islamic perspective because you know a lot of if if you're Muslim, ch chances are you take your religion seriously, and if you take your religion seriously, mm -hmm. then you need to like actually see where your wealth is is coming from. And you, you need to see like where your money is coming from as well. You know, I, I think like if I can at least try to reach like Muslims from that aspect, I think that could, you know, at least hopefully, inshallah, like start some kind of movement globally. Because like, you know, this is, you know, the, the, when I talk about like the Muslim Ummah, I mean like the global like Muslim community. I think, <laughs> yeah. you know, they, they've been affected by, by fiat currency historically. And, you know, they just don't know it yet. They don't know the history about fiat or even the history of their own country sometimes and how uh, money creation and credit creation is, is involved in a lot of their history. And, um, you know, I, I, think, I think just getting Muslims to kind of think about these questions is the way forward I, I, I want to go in. And it's kind of nice to be able to see like, you know, organizations like yours that are in Pakistan that are, you know, trying to orange pill many, many, many Muslims in your, uh, in, in, in your country. So I, I also appreciate the work, the work that you do. So um, I guess before we close out, um, you have any 
last thoughts you want to share or like any advice that you have for Pakistanis or Muslims that are looking into Bitcoin? Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a very, you know, challenging thing. Like, you know, especially like uh, telling Muslims to, you know, where they can get started, in, you know, <laughs> with their money. Yeah. So like, you know, I would say uh, to the Muslims and, you know, the Pakistanis, whoever, you know, they, they want to, you know, jump in and understand the Bitcoin concepts. I would say like, you know, um, come with the, like an open-minded perspective, right? You know, don't uh, be so, be uh, close-minded when it comes to the money and, you know, uh, kill your beliefs. Like, you know, your the, the, the things that you believe in, you know, are mostly wrong today, right? For example, you know, you, you mentioned that, you know, uh, the, the, the fiat currency and, you know, uh, the gold perspective, you know, a lot of Pakistanis, they still believe that Pakistani rupee is backed by gold. Can you imagine that? <laughs> so, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, yeah, right? Like, like, it, I'm not talking about, uh, like, uh, you know, uh, a regular guy, you know, I'm talking about well-educated people, like in finances. The other day, you know, I was sitting with the, with the, with a guy who was like, you know, very financially sound. And he was actually uh, like a, a finance guy. And, you know, we, we, we were discussing and, you know, he said like, uh, Pakistan European is backed by gold. And I, I started laughing at him, right? And he was like, <laughs> so serious. And he said, uh, bring, the, bring a, a bill, you know, from your wallet and show it to me. And, you know, I, I, I don't remember, but he showed me, hey, this is written on it. And you can go to the bank and you can, uh, you know, uh, give them this uh, bill and you can get gold from it. And I was like, oh, my God. Right? <laughs> so like, <laughs> you need to, like, you know, uh, uneducate yourself from, you know, what you understand now about money and then re relearn, uh, you know, how money works. Right? Mm -hmm. So this is a very important point. Like, you know, if you, if you understand money works today, I think you would it would solve, you know, 90% of your problems in, in life. And, you know, uh, you know, we're Bitcoiners, we say that, you know, fix the money, fix the world. So it's, it, it works for, for common people as well, you know, fix your understanding of uh, money and you would fix your life. And you would, you know, uh, fix yourself, you know, you fix your finances, you fix your lifestyle and you, you fix everything for you. So that, that would be my, you know, main advice for, you know, everyday Pakistanis and Muslims that are coming into the community, you know, just have an open mind, uh, try to learn it and don't like uh, be a, uh, go to the, you know, uh, and be very, you know, uh, careful about, you know, where your information are coming from, mm -hmm. right? Most of the people, you know, go to the YouTube and, you know, they would uh, see a couple of videos about crypto guys and, you know, uh, what they are, they are shilling and they would, you know, uh, have a different point of view of uh, whole understanding of Bitcoin and crypto mm -hmm. industry. So, you know, uh, I, I, I would say, you know, uh, just follow a few people who are, you know, uh, hardcore Bitcoiners, give your time to them for, you know, for some time and see, you know, uh, what they are saying and research about it. And then uh, I think it would protect you from shitcoinery as well. And, you know, it would uh, take you less time and you would understand more and you would, you know, learn more about it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for that. I think that's that's very useful and sound advice. Um, so I, before I let you go, where where can people find you? Where, where's what's, what's your Twitter handle? 
Yeah, the best way to reach out to me is uh, my Twitter account. It's uh, Farouk Ahmed X, F-A-R-W-Q-A-H-M-E-D-X. Okay, awesome. Uh, all right, yeah, thank you, Farouk. I, I really appreciate this interview. Thank you very much, Abdullah. And, uh, you know, uh, thanks for having me.